Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what's up? You know who it is. It's DJ Scream, and we've all been there before. A weekend trip to the casino canceled because real life came calling. Well, my bookie's new and improved online casino is here to change the game. You can dive into a truly realistic casino experience featuring the latest in slots, jackpots, live dealer action, and all from the comfort of your own home. Your adventure at my bookie casino begins today with a generous sign-up bonus using promo code big facts that's promo code big facts to secure yourself a sweet deposit bonus and that's not all because my bookie casinos revamp loyalty program ensures that you'll be showered with rewards including free spins cashback offers and a host of exclusive vip perks the more you play the more you win Play anytime, anywhere with MyBookie Casino. And make sure you use our promo code, BIGFACTS. Big, big, big Bang. It is what it is, man. PJ Screen. You don't be on nothing, I'll be on. Be 
Baby Jade. Okay, so let me ask y'all this then. Bring you Big, big, big Facts. Visit the new website today, BigFactsPod.com. Live from the Trap Music Museum, Big Bang, DJ Scream, Baby Jade. We are Team Big Facts, and today we would like to welcome the ATL OG, Big Gip, and his artist, James Worthy. Here we go. To Big Facts. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? What's happening? How everybody feeling? Everybody yeah. good? Yes, sir. Hey, Scream, before I let you go any further, I can't be that man or that man that sold for 50 million records, man. Okay. That's James Worthy, man. My I'm sorry, bro. No, I just bro. had to tell you before you get too far gone. Okay. <laughs> it's all good. He brought, it's all good. He brought family. He brought family. The family. <laughs> before we get into our conversation, uh, we, we got we got to have a conversation about all this. what's going on in front of you, man. Uh, Bank, Bank just consumed some of, uh, what are these... Uh, Gips products? Yeah, man. This It's like, this is no more pain. This okay. is one of the Gip products. I got about 40 products, but this is like one of my number one sellers. Okay. We about in like nine states, but we all over the United States. I can, se- I can send it to you. But it's like a thousand milligrams of CBD. And I mean, it's for anybody that got real bad nerve damage. Uh, you got arthritis. You got any kind of pain that's, that's kind of like internal. It can really help you. All you got to do is go take you a nice bear, let your pores open and put this on. And people use this every day for like almost like lotion because a lot of people who do you know people who work at uh work on cars do construction this is the kind of stuff that they need so mm. this is just another alternative for taking opioids mm. and uh it's just one of the get good products okay yeah mm-hmm. and you got some shots there yeah okay so these right here this is pina colada that was pina colada that's margarita that's sex on the peach this is this is whiskey this is a pina colada. This is a vodka. This is a rum, and that's tequila. Now the main thing about this, these are called mocktails. They taste exactly like what they what you see on the label, but I took the alcohol out and I infused it with Delta Eight. Now the reason why I did that because Gip never been a drinker. I always been a smoker. So this is a way to now. This is also non-alcoholic. So for the people that can't drink, people that starting to, you know, the older you get, alcohol going to make you start feeling bad. And, you know, I'm on the road a lot. So, you know what I mean? Alcohol make you feel bad the older you get. So this is a way that you can still have the taste of alcohol, but the the results of you smoking weed. So I call it smoking drinking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Innovation. Innovation. Yeah, yeah, man. It's just just a new way to go for the it's it we in a new world. So it's it's about being healthy. So the more the, the longer you live, the healthier you are. And and a lot of times with alcohol, man, it it, it, it destroys the body from the inside out. Mm. So it's just another one of the products that I I kinda like put brought to the line to kind of like help our people get away from uh, a lot of the prescription drugs that's out there. Mm. Yeah. So talk talk to us a little bit about like you, you've been on a campaign you've been very vocal of late. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You've been saying what's on your mind. Uh, what, what what sparked that? Like what sparked you to come out and just say man I'm finna start having these conversations and just, and just saying what's on my mind? Well first of all I wouldn't have spoken unless I had something to give back to the game and that was music. Um, the reason why I spoke because I'm seeing that the game is being the history is being rewritten mm. and uh, a lot of the people that in the south that really helped us and helped us find our way are really being rolled out of the history 
You know, for example, the Grammys. You didn't see Luke Skywalker. You didn't, you didn't see all of the ghetto boys. You know, if the South is going to be represented, let's, let's represent it the right way. Mm. And you can never leave Luke Skywalker out. Mm. You know, so me personally, I just wanted to speak because the game is getting to a place where anybody can call themselves an artist just because they know how to, the formula of putting records together. The only reason why the formula of records is so easy to put together now is because of technology. Mm. You know, for a person like me, they used to be out in the studio all day just hoping that organized noise would say, Gil, come in and rap. You know, I sat through parental advisory album. Right. And right. I, I, I sat right. through uh, Outcast albums until it's time for me to be called. I sat in the parking lot. And I'm just like, a lot of times when I look at what's going on right now, I got a problem with the industry. Because right. first of all, you got an industry that's, that's really like raping our young. Now, why would I say that? The 360 deal was created only because they did not want us to continue to gain power as artists. They didn't want any more of these artists to become as big as certain artists are right now. So what they did, the executives did, they went into, in, into a room and they created this 360 deal. Now, what's so funny about this is that when I first started signing contracts, we was paid one way. And now with this 360 deal, I'm played a totally different way. Well, since I've been around for a minute, you're going to change the way that I was getting paid on my albums 20 years ago? Right, like you should be grandfathered in to the standard payment. Right, right, but, but that's not the case. So, so I have to come out here and say, hey, man, check this out. How do you create something like a 360 deal? And then, uh, then on the other end, you create a lane for AI artists. So how are you going to 360 me? <laughs> but then you creating artists and putting them in our face like we're supposed to get in, enthused about robots. What's, the, uh, what's, what's that? The robots. No, the robot like rappers. The, like how, you know how they had the Tupac sonograms and shit? They making rap niggas out of them now that make albums and Hologram. Oh God. I crossed my heart to help the fame. Hologram. Like a computer rapper. Yeah. Yes. Nobody. It ain't nobody in it. It's not called a sonogram. It's called, she said sonogram. called? A hologram. No, I got a hologram. A highlighter. <laughs> I mean a hologram. <laughs> yeah, like But that's that's the reason why. So ain't nobody controlling them? They rapping on their own? They they so what they doing is they, they have handlers. They they have people who go in and they have computer voices that sound like your favorite rappers, and they can create songs now sounding like your favorite rapper without the real. Like rapper. they take six different niggas. Like they might take Lil Baby, fucking Tupac, fucking Snoop Dogg, and goddamn Juicy J, mm -hmm. and make one voice, computerized voice. Hard and shit. This is the <laughs> God damn! All the niggas in one day. Yes, man. Yes. So this shit fucked up. So what? What they gonna do with what? What so, the fuck? So that's <laughs> the human so, nigga's not gonna stand a chance. So bro. so back so back so so that's again that's why a person like me got to speak because it's like it's almost like you know I I love our people, but at the same time too, an executive shouldn't be able to tell me when it's time for me to go. When I probably was here before you even knew how to do this, mm, yeah. mm, so yeah. so that's my problem 
with what they doing in hip hop right now. They trying to make all our stars kids. When I first started listening to hip hop, man, it was grown people doing hip hop. They changed it once they figured out the money. Now think about all the money that's in this situation and in this. You you seeing an artist on a damn car commercial before you know what his music is. Don't you see that this is a new way to enslave us, to make us work for every kind of brand out there until it's nothing left. So they use you up. Your career, it, your career is shorter because now artists don't even have time to grow to the different levels. He's put out, out on all platforms as soon as he come out. It burns your brand up before you even understand no what facts. it is to no be facts. famous. No facts. No facts right now, mm-hmm. You see what I mean? No facts. It's so and you don't know what come with this shit, cause you ain't grind, you ain't this shit. You just you famous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying you famous and nigga, you got the money and now you gotta go through everything without going through nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying you ain't been through shit, but now you finna goddamn be out here and know what to do, how to manage this money. That's impossible. Mm. Right. And and I I feel like if I didn't say nothing, see I don't really care about being friends with people, cause. People know me. I ain't never been a these folk party, no way. Mm-hmm. I ain't never been under these folk. I ain't never stroked no ball hole, no scrotum, pimp. It just don't come that way. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just, I'm not giving it because it, the reason uh-uh. why I'm not giving uh-uh. it, it just, it, <laughs> like, it, it, uh-uh. uh-uh, it's just like, <laughs> I, at a time when we wasn't accepted, I keep that with me. Yeah. And then when I see Luke not get represented, I say, see, I'm going to keep this chip on this shoulder. It's going to keep me safe. Because they had, backlash, they had backlash about that or something? Yeah, it was backlash because how can you have the Grammys and not put the man that made it where you put a parental advisory sticker on your, on, on your record? Like, that's a part of mm-hmm. cultural history. Right. And at the same time, that man went to jail for hip-hop. Yeah, yeah. true story. If he didn't go to jail for hip-hop... It wouldn't have been half the stuff that we listen to now. It wouldn't have never been. So when when I see that, uh, I just have to speak on it. And and again, to all the artists, man, I have no problem with no artists out here. I don't really, I've never really cared about what other artists do or how they do it. I just was only here to represent how Atlanta do it. Facts. You know what I mean? And Facts. It's, it's no, I have no, dis- I have no, Complaints. I have no dis- desire to change that because when I look at what we have become as a city, I know that that energy that they put in that they put in us in that that night in uh, at the Source Awards it came back and we fed it to the city. And look at the city. Twenty years later, we still got that that that, that thing of we gonna do Atlanta. You know, when you look at Lil Baby, I was so proud of him when he did that black and white song. Like, it just yeah. showed his diversity. Yeah. Right. You know, when right. people didn't think he had it. Mm-hmm. So, just to watch all the artists, man, watch what Tip done and watch what Ludacris and done. You know, like, I've watched what Jeezy did, you know, like, to live through that and what he did in Atlanta and the club situation was phenomenal. <laughs> it's like... What what Alex Ag did for our club scene here, yes. phenomenal. Yes. You know what I mean. So that's the reason why I can really say that. Hey man, like Gip gonna speak, and I'm gonna say the unpopular shit because 
I don't have to I don't have to really bite my tongue because I fought the fight for us to be respected. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I don't I, all I can say is, hey man, when I spoke, before I spoke, I went in the studio with that man over just to my left, James Worthy. And we went in the studio and I, I did five songs that we just put out. It's only been out a month and we already did six million downloads. So for me personally, as an artist that come from a whole nother galaxy, I'm reborn again mm-hmm. through music. Mm-hmm. And I ain't tripping because good in my book to 2024. Mm-hmm. So don't never think I ain't moving or doing nothing that's, that's progressive. I just don't care about being famous. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? And I just see that this is what the business is now. It's about being famous and being a personality. When I'm like, nah, man, this music, man. Let's take the business and all the money talk out of it. Let's get back to We don't even talk about music no more because everything is a business. Mm. Yeah. And I didn't come in this business to be about the TV and be about all the other stuff. I only came into this game to be a musician to be an artist. So I I knows no nothing else. And I applaud everybody out here that did extraordinary things. But you know, some people are here for a purpose and some people are here for others, for other things. I'm just here for for music. And at the end of the day, the crown jewel for me at the end of the day is always gonna be seeing future li- future yes. uh tour the world and yes. do arenas every night, bro. Like to watch him be like come from the dungeon. Yes, yes. And watch yes. him turn me head in the future. Yes. And become a whole nother artist. Like it's been incredible for us as a as a collective. And I tell people all the time, bro, all of us are still alive because of the music that we created. Right. And everybody can't say that. So let me ask you this, because you were just speaking on like being a part of the movement to make sure that Atlanta was respected. Let's talk a little bit about you and you being from Atlanta and talk about what side of town you're from and kind of go into that. Mm, I'm from East Point. Yeah. I went to Woodland. I went to Woodland High School. I went to Russell High School. I'm from the old point. <laughs> you know what I mean? I went to school with Kamala. You know what I mean? I went, I went to school with the Stray Cats. You know what I mean? Like... We, we, it was like, it was a whole nother world then. Atlanta was different because Atlanta was really like, it was the Hustables and it was ghetto at the same time because dudes that came from good households would knock your head off just like folk from the project. Yeah. So Atlanta always been like that where it don't matter where you're from, it's it how you get it off. Yeah. You know what I mean? So me just coming up I came from my first, I come from Ben Hill, County Line, mm-hmm. moved to East Point. I met this lady named Jean Kahn. She went to Washington High School. She was a pop star, a soul singer from Washington High School. She was the first one that taught me about music. Her nephew was Peebo Bryson. So I used to go with her to her shows at Sensations on the east side. And at her house is the first place that I met Stevie Wonder. I met New Edition. I met a lot of artists that were considered 
soul and 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 kind of R&B-ish. So I didn't come into the music business under the moniker of rap. You know, the first place, I remember the first concert she took me to was to the Fulton County Stadium. That was the first time I met Jackson 5 as a kid. So music to me has always been something that you're supposed to change the world when you speak. And you're supposed to have something to say when you when you do it. And I just think that um, it was in it, it was instilled in me. I went to Paul D. West. I went to Dawson Drive. Um, East Point was really like my stomping ground. Headland Drive, the low up the street is where T bars come from. She stayed on Headland to the low. At the top of that, in the projects up there, that's where Rico come from. Mm-hmm. So. Us as a as a community, we always was kind of close knit, and then the the first person that I met in the music business that was our age that was kind of like the, the the forerunner or the leader of us was Ian Burke. Ian Burke, I got Ian Burke used to have an apartment on on Camden Road, and that was the first time Reek took me over to Ian Burke house. Me and Ian, we we really got we we really got kind of kicked it. We 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 kind of um, connected, and the next thing I know, Ian took me to JD house when he was at his 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 first house on flat shows, you know. So that was when he was putting crisscross together. So it was like a time where we was doing that, and then I was doing I was in a group called Six Sense with with Yoda from Organized Noise. We was one of the first groups to perform for Brian Reed and LaFace Records at Club Dion. That was the first time that I met Left Eye. After that, Six Sense really turned into Organized Noise. That's when Organized Noise started working. From there, Gip went and started got into a group called East Point Chain Gang, which consisted of Cool Breeze, OZ, Cat One. Cat One, that's Southside Daddy from East Point, the producer. Mm-hmm. And then another guy named Chief. So, you know, How many niggas in the group? it was like five of us. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was crazy because it was like, it was the East Point Chain Gang, man. All alto talking, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> we wore jail suits on the stage, man. So you wanted the lumberjacks then? No, the lumberjacks was Cujo and Timo. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Like yeah. you know what I mean? So it it was like the first time we did a show was at Mars Brown opening up for Cypress Hill. We did that, and that's the first time I saw Jordan perform the lumberjacks. And um like Yeah, we uh I seen it too. <laughs> That was kind of the first time that we just started understanding who we were at that time. And that's when Rico moved from East Point to Lakewood and got the, the first dungeon. Where at that time, I went over to Cujo and met him over in, on the west side at Peyton Park. I mean, Cujo was sitting there rapping, and there was this little dude there. Brother stepped back rapping against Cujo and started singing. 
it was CeeLo. Mm-hmm. I ran back to the dungeon. I said, hey, man, I just seen this dude on the west side singing, bro. Like, I ain't never seen nothing like that. They said, Gil, bring him to the dungeon. Well, when we brought him to the dungeon, that's when I found out that Shouted, he already knew 3,000 because he was in alternative school with 3,000. And then he knew Big Boy from being with 3,000. So it was like them three had like kind of reunion and all of us was kind of like, they are, they, they are little brothers. Like Big, CeeLo, and three, they the same age. And then all of us is like three years older than them. So they, You, Kujo, Timo, and like the rest of us. And then the rest of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's why if you think about it, bro, Outkast never got touched out here. Like, it was like, when they came out, we made sure that nobody ever touched them because we knew that if they made it, we were going to be all right. So just recording the album at Bobby Brown's studio, that was the first time, you know, Reek really started kind of like bringing us in and putting us on the Outkast record because he really wanted to make sure that they record really reached a lot of people. So all of us kind of worked on that first Outkast record. We all kind of felt like it was ours. I remember the first time Greg Street played it on the radio. We all quit our jobs. <laughs> Everybody quit their job the same day. We wasn't even on the song. <laughs> but it was like, it was like, that was the kind of confidence and faith we had in ourselves. Because we knew at that time, the only other people that were shaking the city at that time were like, you know, the hard boys. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, I knew I knew Carrie from Catherwood, because that's where uh, Yoda from. Yoda from Sylvan. Little baby them neighborhood. That's where Yoda from. So I knew Carrie from, from the street. So to me, like, the hard boys was the equivalent of what BMF was way before they even got here. Yeah. Because they were the first ones to throw the, you know, the billboards up. And you know, you know, them boys out of the east side at that time, you know, they was Lamborghinian back then, but you know, them big money over there. So <laughs> So it was like I had seen all that already, you know. So just to see that we went from that to knowing that we had to really make sure that people respected us was our main thing because, you know, that Source Awards, it really changed us. It, it, it really made us come back home and say, man, we got to make sure that every time we open our mouth, we're trying to change what people's perception of, of, of the South was. And that's the reason why, you know, people looked at the South during that time like, man, all y'all do is strip club music, shake your booty music. And we just was like, we can't, we can't use our opportunity not to change people's perception. Mm. So that's the reason why we always said we did Southern hip hop. Mm. Do you think like oh so so when y'all came into the game, obviously you you want to make some money, you know what I'm saying? But um, from from the way you're speaking, it seems like it's, it, a lot of it was cultural. We want to be dope. We want to make a difference. We want to put the South on the map. We want to put Atlanta. It wasn't no money in it then. 
The one on my okay, got you. We signed for twenty thousand dollars to the face. I burnt my shit up Tw- at Greenbrier. Twenty thousand. <laughs> 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 to be clear, twenty thousand a piece. Twenty thousand a piece. Right? Well, that was five thousand. Goody Mall, Alcad got ten. We got five, but we burnt that shit. I bet I went to Eddie Gold, put a paint job on the lake. Shit, it was over with. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was over with, bro. It was just like shit. Let's start over. Let's get back out here. That's why it was always a problem for me to do, uh, kind of like per diem free shows, like radio shows. That was the difference between Outkast and Goody Mark. Cause Outkast went out there and they were like, man. After the first year, they were like, shit, man, we out here. All we getting is Padilla, we in big-ass arenas and shit. But I was like, shit, it good. Y'all still too. But, you know, Padilla for four folk, that shit ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> that shit ain't going nowhere. So I, we, knew, we knew off top, like, we ain't going to survive like this, y'all. Yeah. And then we ain't got... What uh, Boy, Padilla. Per day. Probably about by a fifty dollar bone. <laughs> that thing yeah. ain't nothing. Yeah, to, something to eat. Yeah, yeah, something to eat ain't nothing. And, and it's that we knew we couldn't survive like that. So that's the reason why we just kind of like Goody Mob was always that. Lafay was scared of Goody Mob, man. What you like, mean? like we would, we 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 were terrible back then, bro. Like we were just like we just. First of all, we were older. Second of all. They knew that we wasn't going for a lot of the the new kind of shit going on with new artists because we were kind of older. We were kind of like, man, we don't want no per diem. We ain't doing no free show. We ain't doing none of that. So they kind of like off top, Goody Mall was kind of like. Rebels. We was rebels, bro. Like we we had whole photo shoots go missing. Cause LA be like, hell no, nah, y'all crazy. We'll go and just go in the middle of the field, put on all back and black and burn and burn a flag or something, you know. And LA be like, nah, we ain't doing all that. But what we were trying to do was just trying to just bring the attention back to the South, the dirty South, or, or just you know the differences, the differences of laws here and. Just how we grew up. You know, it used to trip people out when I I used to tell people all the time, like, bro, I never went to school with nobody with black people. That sounds strange to everybody else in other cities. That sounds strange. They'd be like, huh? I was like, bro, I, I, I only seen one white person on the South Side as a child. And then it was all black people. You know what I mean? So for me personally, a lot of the things that I was seeing when I was getting around other groups from New York and L.A., they were kind of like infused with other people's cultures that I wasn't really, you know, understanding. Like, I didn't understand why you had to respect this person because he was had a certain type of last name. You know, you held him in a certain regard. And, and you know. They said they need answers. About what? When I get big fat. Big fat, big fat. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. (laughs) And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. 
Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Which artist you think had the biggest impact to come out of Atlanta, period? Like when they came. Then ain't that one of the questions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which artist do y'all think you think had the biggest impact, like of all time? Hmm. That's hard. That's hard to say simply simply because when you look at Whoop There It Is, that shit was that shit turned into a phenomenal record. Like like Whoop There It Is, it'd be like we we do a, we do music on it. Like it's yeah. like Outcast is one of them. Jeezy is one of them. Tip is one of them. Lil Baby. Um, it's hard to beat that Jeezy, boy. That Jeezy was hell, boy. That Jeezy was a big... That was a... That Jeezy was hell. That Jeezy was hell. When I want to say the conversation, everybody had their... I understand where you're coming from. We done chopped it about it. Everybody had their moment, though. Niggas had their moment. No, I'm not saying... I'm just saying, like... Of all time. You seen this shit shift completely mm-hmm. and niggas still doing but it. But it's shifted but a few can't. times though. Yeah, we oh. just talked about this on the God show, the, the Atlanta Commission yeah, thing we just yeah. did with Ray Daniels. Like it has shifted. It shifted a few times. Bruh, who has the biggest <laughs> impact? <laughs> he said give he said like when you talk about that shit in LA on the West Coast, you say Pac and it, it ain't nothing to talk about. You know it's Pac out, had the biggest out, impact. Outcast, right? cause outcast, cause ain't nobody can throw a concert in Olympic Park in three days and sell it out and people come from all over the world. Can't nobody do that. Mm-hmm. Can't no, can nobody go forty days and forty nights and go all the way around the world for a million dollars a night. Can't nobody do that unless you got the actual goddamn catalog. So if we take, if nobody we take, if we take, <laughs> <laughs> that's your place. If we take, but if we take, oh, if like we take you, a duo or group. I'm saying, I'm saying, when you in Budapest, yeah, we in Budapest sold out. If we take the duo and group part out of it, I ain't talking about impact. Who's the person? I ain't talking about that. Nigga, you impact. just said. I ain't impact. talking about that kind of impact right now. He's he talking about that's that's just a bigger artist to me. Mm-hmm. I'm saying like when you seen this shit turn. Oh, you talking flat. about Snowman T-shirt impact? Yeah, and that Pluto shit with yeah, that 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 yeah yeah yeah. Future. That shit it's different, bro. It's, like it's, that Jeezy, the Jeezy, every car, yeah, every bitch, young bitch, yeah. old bitch, every nigga, young bitch, old nigga, future. everybody yeah. around our way. Yeah, yeah, Jeezy, everybody. Future. Yeah, Jeezy, future, little baby. Exactly, Jeezy, future, little baby. I mean, even Tip, Tip had a, but we gotta pick one though. <laughs> <laughs> But when you but but when you when you having a conversation, it's hard to pick. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard because, man, how many people beat that Jeezy run? That, yeah, but I feel like when that, you that was respect, and even Gucci run is just when you look at Gucci run at the no no for sure to come to come back at the end and do what he did. It's like nobody dropped more records than Gucci. And put more artists on. And put more artists on than Gucci. Yeah, nah, Gucci you know number one. You know. Back. I'm coming from there. I'm doing it how he like, but it's a he impacted a different but, group for niggas, but, but, niggas the, 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 the have nots. But now but, I'm gonna give him that, like but, niggas who never thought they could yeah. be some, I could be some with Gucci. Yeah. I seen Gucci lose that weight, I can lose that weight too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I ain't bullshitting. Like this, my man. I like, get inspired by Gucci. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say that. 
But what I'm saying is, I would say future. Thank you. I would say, future. and I ain't saying it because I'm a man and my partner. I'm just saying I, it I, is. I, I, I would say future because difference. if you think, if you just think from that one little Tony Montana, the one little verse to now we in arenas, like mm -hmm. I never. You know what I mean? Like he was hot as hell when he was just him and Rocco. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like he was hot as shit. shit you know what I mean? And shit ain't dying down. And, and, she and, still staying hot, keeping the same stigma, same. Yeah, I've never seen it. Like he he ain't had the longest run consecutive consecutively. Like he the only one can stand next to Drake. Yeah, but I still can I have can I say, have something please, to say? Please. So please. I feel like. Since I feel like speaking on like the whole impact part or whatever, mm -hmm. I I totally agree with everything everybody's saying about everybody else. But I think another person that we have got to definitely include in top of the conversation as far as impact is Tip, because at the Show. end of the day, Show. at the end of the day, like nobody has stood on business when it comes to this town. I feel like, like Tip this. set the Whether standards for niggas in the street. Mm -hmm. He did that. Yes. Do what we doing? We trapping too now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He set that like yeah. set the tone for what the city. We standing on this trap shit yeah, yeah, and everything yeah. else too in this city too. Yes, yeah, sir. You can't take that from. Him. No, no, no. But what I'm saying, I'm not even talking about the trap shit. I'm talking about no, I'm just standing on business nice. about what's right. Like whether it's going up against that's, that's, fucking little flip or whether it's going up against fucking Houston's or yeah, going up against yeah. Charleston White or mm -hmm. going up against whoever city. even yes. with him and Gucci. Okay, so there's, the city, but like, so there's the city. But that's another conversation. But there's the, there's the city and then there's the music game. That's what we, I think we got to like I'm separate impact. impact on the music game or the city. Impact bro, is if a nigga, I'm not taking that. I'm right. talking about, no, no. These are my partners we talking no, about. I ain't yeah. taking that from no nigga. No, that's some of my opinion. No, impact is when you keep impacting. Impact. When you keep changing nigga for doing shit. When the nigga, nigga want to buy an e-hole, spend their money on e-holes at first to Pluto start talking about that Impact on what? The culture or the city? The culture. The okay, culture. got you. That's right. I'm just trying to clarify the question. Niggas want trying to be fly like they been trying to extra be fly now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Spend their money, do all this shit. They wasn't doing that, bro. So you saying he's had the biggest impact on the city? You're saying he's had the biggest. I mean, on the culture, you're saying he's Tip has had the biggest impact on the city. That's what I, I mean. Think the, I'm not saying on the city. I'm saying for the city. For the city. Yeah, yeah but that's. A, I feel like that's a different. That's that's something different. That that's not impact. We we got to find something else. He the king. We're getting that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about impact when niggas trying to emulate what you do mm -hmm. over a long period of time. But everybody had their hat cocked to the side. In a, in a moment. Mm -hmm. In a moment. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah. But In a moment. Then. Ain't nobody wearing their hat like that now. <laughs> yeah. These niggas have gold because this man have gold. Yeah. <laughs> now. I'm just saying like the now shit. And last year what it was niggas wearing big ass hats and shit. The year before that what they were doing. They were doing some other shit. Buying cars. You for that? We buying bitch a red bottle. Yeah. You definitely changed the sound forever in LA. Change? Oh, no, I'm not even the sound. Bro. I'm, I'm just saying, saying the sound. How these bitches think? They think different. You got to be doing this shit. This boy talking about. That's. Mm. That's impact. <laughs> Am I tripping though? No. No. What you think, James? I agree with him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's like you set the stone, you set the standards to okay, yeah, all the other shit cool, we get money and we popping fly shit and we woo, 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 woo. that's what that's what the temperature of the world changed to, damn it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cause I wasn't gonna never do it. You know. <laughs> I'm buy buying nothing. I'm boys, we don't buy nothing. We don't buy no jewelry, no cars, no nothing. I'm just from another era, man. Mm -hmm. 
I'm just sorry. I mean, I love the young the young cats and how everybody do it. But I just think that, see, that's the problem with these youngsters, man. A lot of folk getting a whole bunch of stuff that they don't deserve. Facts. Mm. And that's the reason why these folk, you you can't talk to them, can't listen to them. And if, if they judging you by that, then are you really getting to know these people or are you just getting to know their pikers? Oh, you know that. That's what it is. But these niggas, niggas are setting the tones, bro. We don't care about that. What's come after this? We doing this for this. I don't know. I ain't saying right or wrong. I'm just saying like oh, no, that's right. how niggas think is the impact is what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. like the impact means a nigga's trying to damn near be this too. And this is how the, the shit is shifting to this. Tupac type shit. Mm-hmm. Like niggas went just trying to get money and shit when Jesus came out. We getting money. When Gucci came out, niggas got down tricky ass Robbie, whatever. That was a part of it. But niggas going to the next, going to the next. Mm-hmm. It's like they following this boy Bible. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, so let me ask you this, Gip. So with you saying basically like the way everything is going and the way everybody's doing, like you're cool with it and you respect it, but you're not going. Do you think that that's what kind of Influenced your mutant mind frame album, um, because you think well, differently. I was, from- I was, I was, yeah, I was just, I was forced into doing that. Like I was forced. I, I never really wanted to be no solo artist. I never, really? you know, yeah. I just, they always wanted me to be. They always, I mean, that's why I was glad when Ludacris came, because I was like, hey man, do you do me, you do it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I mean. I just always been about team. I always been in groups my whole career. Yeah. So I just been about always trying to push others to be great. Right. You know what I mean? So me, I was fine with being in Goody Mob. I was fine with knowing that ain't nobody touching Shawty, ain't nobody touching Kula, ain't nobody touching Timo. So with me being just growing up like that, my father was military. So me, I've always just been about taking care of the neighborhood. Oh, everybody used to be at my house, you know, so that's just the way I always be. And I'd rather be, I'd rather push another person to be great than me. Because I know it take a lot. It take, it take Yeah, it take a lot to be a solo artist. And, and a lot of times, I just didn't have that natural arrogance that it takes. My arrogance comes from just knowing you ain't better than me. I'm going to eat you. You know what I mean? But as yeah. far as just going out here saying, you know, I'm the greatest, I'm... I just never was on my own dick like that. I just felt like I'm going to do things that I know you're not going to be. It's going to be hard for you to repeat it. So if you think about it, they ain't never been able to even duplicate Gip. The closest thing to Gip is Trinidad James. I love him. You know what I mean? But it's like as far as Trinidad James, as far as his subject matter is not like mine. So... That's the reason why I say I've never been duplicated, so why should I change what's worked for me? Right. You know, so, mm-mm. I'm, I'm, I'm just very comfortable in who I am, but being a solo artist, it just takes another kind of mind frame. Who was, who, what, what, was it you or Dre 3000 that brought that outlandish dressing to the crew first? Because a lot of people would say he might have got it was inspired by you from the outlandish... It was for me. It was you for sure? Yeah. And the reason why we did it, I mean, we had a... We had a show with uh, with Bad Boy up in Nashville. And that was the first time I did it. And um, 
I remember everybody like, damn, Gil, why you dressed like that? And I said, man, if they don't, if they don't remember nothing else, if they can't understand our dialect, they gonna remember what the fuck we look like. <laughs> and I just, I just, I just always felt like that was a way for me to really, really be able to distinguish myself. You know what I mean? And I, I just remember when 3000 just started saying, Gippy, where you getting that shit from? I was like, man, I go to the fabric store. Because it was one day we was with George Clinton, and George Clinton was like, we were talking about something. We was like, we about to go to Greenbrier and get some stuff for a show. And he was like, Greenbrier? He was like, man, how you a star if the folks in the audience got on the same clothes you got? And it stuck with me. You know what I mean? And people don't have to realize that the first show I ever seen a live performance was was Prince and Cool in the Gang at Six Flags. So with that being the first time I ever seen two live performances, that was kind of like my whole shit because I was like, okay, Prince wild as hell, but then Cool in the Gang, them, they cool. So I always figured out that you could be both on stage but it always take you have to be a little bit different when you talking about being remembered and which I was just talking about as far as impact. See, I know that everybody gonna have a run in this, but it's after all the all the dust settles down that people really go back and see who really who really brought something to the game and who really didn't. You know? Like right now it's just like the game to me is just so controlled that I'm like, you probably don't even get to see the real artists out here right now because everybody's mind frame is how can I hook up the new artists, put him in the whole little money game and shit, make a couple of million off of him and shit, he ain't going to last five years, so why should I care? But that's not the mind frame that I come from because I don't do music for the quick money. So I'm not going to be out here rapping on everything. What about what about a street artist, though, for them, if the music is a way of, like, survival? It's like, I'm getting into this shit to survive. Yeah, this shit done changed. Now you just said they got I, robots and all kinds of shit. Nigga. I, I do. I understand that, but I understand this, too. A person that's 25 or 23 years old is not going to know the value of owning his face and his and his voice until you don't have it. See, if you go and sign a 360 deal, they give you a couple of million up front, they already knowing you're going to fuck that money up. They already know you're going to fuck it up. You're young. So if you go in, you give them a, a good high hit, you got to remember this too. Bro, they ain't giving you no money. They are never giving you any money that they ain't already made. See if they a nigga, I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm say this though, get a nigga coming from nothing don't give a fuck. What them folk finna make? If y'all finna give me this, I'm out the ghetto now. Mm -hmm. I'm talking niggas who come from that, niggas who rapping now. Like these niggas who rapping now, these niggas ain't got no job, these niggas ain't got shit but a gun. And I'm with that. You know what I'm saying? I'm just mm -hmm. saying, like, mm -hmm. so these niggas don't give a fuck what kind of deal it is. You can say, I owe you, if I go work at McDonald's, you get something in this contract. Niggas don't give some of these niggas don't give a fuck. Cause niggas be so fucked up. It's the same. It's the same mindset as back in the day. If y'all signing for a twenty, and y'all gotta split it, it's the same mindset. So nigga don't give a fuck what's in that contract. And, and, and I'm with you, Bank, but you talking to Gip, 
Right. Now, I know you know now. Right, right. You know now. Check this out. I did my first album in Curtis Mayfield House. Curtis Mayfield told Gip, come to his bedroom. Hmm? He said, Gip in. He said, all them, all them, them the original tracks from, from uh, Superfly. He said, Gip in. He said, one thing that I can tell you. Never sell your publishing until you're ready to retire. I've been in the game for almost 25 years. I ain't never did a publishing deal. I own everything I ever did. Now, I ain't tripping off. I do understand the thing about coming from something. From nothing. From nothing and, 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 and saying that, hey, man, I can take do this money die. and I can do something with it. Exactly. You're right. But all I'm just saying is I just need more executives and more people that's old enough to at least sit the artists down and explain to them what they're doing. Yeah. Because if we're not going to explain to them what they're doing, then guess what? We ain't doing nothing but taking all our young and dropping them off to the other folks that ain't going to do nothing but sell them at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, that real shit. So all I'm saying is if you don't have another hit, young man, at least get your five before you go in there. So you got some negotiating power. Because if you just go in there with one and then it run out in six months, guess what? They own you for life. It don't it don't matter if you go it don't matter who shit you rap on, they coming to get the money. So as long as you understand that, I'm fine. But yeah. all I'm saying is that more of us need to start teaching these kids the value of it. Mm-hmm. And not just the money part of it. You're right. You know what I mean? And then we could go somewhere because if we sit down and say, hey, look, bro, we're going to get three million. I'm going to take you over here. We're going to get you a goddamn wing stop with this. We're going to get you a goddamn something over here with this. At least something that's going to make money for you for the rest of your life if nothing else works. But if you don't do that, at least being an OG, then we ain't doing nothing but giving our kids away to be owned by other people. That's it. That real shit. That's real. What do you think about situations where, because we've had people sit here right on this platform and say, um, well, maybe somebody I signed to in the streets or maybe somebody I trusted that I thought was family didn't do me right by some paperwork and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But some people in their mind, and I'm not saying it's right, but some people in their mind is thinking like, maybe somebody that don't look like me will do better business. That's just the mindset of some people. You know what I'm saying? When they just go in and try to get their first money, trying to get out of a fucked up situation if they in the hood or whatever the case is, they just going to find whoever they think they can trust. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of these kids is just that when they first start doing business. Kids. So they don't know no better. I would would say this. It's too many real leaders in Atlanta. From Bank, from Ian Burke, from JD, to Tip. It's a lot of us that you could kind of walk up on and ask us what's going on. Mm. That's one thing I can say about Atlanta, man. We we ain't too much with the fame shit. It's like we we stand on solid ground. All Most of us. niggas feel like they know already though. Like you can't like I'm, I'm just let me say this. You yeah. can't tell me if I'm in a situation how to handle it, and they saying it's some dope right here. Cause some niggas ain't motivated by the music. Niggas motivated by t- it's a hustle now. Mm-hmm. Don't saying like I get what you saying like if a nigga looking for their art, niggas feel like this ain't even really my art. I'm just trying to get me a pl- like a, a jug. Like I said, some more shit. Jug and finessing came yeah. from that side. Mm-hmm. Like ju- like niggas looking at everything as a jug. I don't give a fuck about this rap shit. But then you fuck around and be a big ass star. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And what and what about your G? That man put his life on the line for you to be able to get that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. 
everything good. But I'm just like, bro, everything in the hustle. Now, look, this is and, right. And I, remember and, Thug, remember Thug said, yeah. he said in one of the interviews, I'll never forget, he said, I signed bullshit that I did because I knew what I was. Mm. I was just so fucked up. I don't give a fuck. Wait, get it to me. Come on, just get Y'all finna put me in front of the people? Mm. I know what I'm finna be. That's how these, these young niggas think. Like, I don't give a fuck what it is. I need this shot. And you, get in. I'm just telling you how niggas be thinking. And bang, you right, cause I ain't gonna tell you no lie. First time I seen Thug. <laughs> First time I seen Thug, he came to see Future at the studio. We was at Doppler. And um, first time I seen Thug, I knew he was gonna be a star. I knew I can't tell you what he walked in there with, but you know, he came in there looking like Thug. <laughs> and, and, and he instantly grabbed me, like, he going to be a star, man. And the next time I seen him, that, that crucial performance, when he performed Stoner for the first time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's when I was like, God damn, man. Another yeah. one. That nigga was in a fucked up ass deal, though, <laughs> out the rip. You a hey. fuck what it is, because I know what I'm finna do. Some niggas know they going to outwork this little ass shit. Like, I know I'm going to be way worth Whatever yeah. you see, I'm gonna be able to fix this. Like, yeah. I'm finna right. Be. And, and see, that's, that's him. That's, that's him. That's exactly what he did. And that's exactly what he did. And and I really, really applaud that. I'm just saying that, like, the other day when Ray Daniels put that commission together, I said, man, listen, bro. He went. It needs to be a commission also that turns, that has, that, that has the ability to go at these record companies and change some of these things that are going on with our kids. Real shit. We can't be executives for these people and help them rate what's making our community great. Right. If we ain't going to make sure that some of them leave with some money, mm-hmm. then guess what? We ain't doing nothing but doing what they've been doing to us. Yeah, you're right. It makes no sense to make all this money and then everybody wind up still broke. So my mindset though, you know what I'm saying? We're but the mindset gotta be mindset. we 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 as OGs got to put this shit out here because if we don't put it out here and we just leave it on there, it's never a conversation with the young. Like, yeah. damn, OG thought of, I ain't even think about it like that. Yeah, yeah. Shawty, you run straight to the jewelry store. Yeah. I remember when Ice Boss was in the middle of the mall. Never that. Okay, P-Money. Okay, P-Money. Shit, I swear to God. P-Money, Probably, boy, they was middle of the mall. My shout CeeLo the one crunked them up. So all y'all, hey, CeeLo was the first one around here with all that big-ass shit, man. All that, that CeeLo one crunked them folk up. So to see where they at right now, let's just make sure that when we giving that kind of com- another community all our money, are we, are we understanding mm-hmm. where... Are we keeping some of it for ourselves? Yeah. And if we as OGs don't say, hey man, it's cool buying that jewelry, bro, but buy you some land too, my nigga. All that shit down, goddamn 85, go get some land too, shout it. You know what I mean? So it's the, it's about us being educating them past the street shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if we don't, then we are also gonna be held accountable for when they fall. Right. You know, that's all. You know what I mean? Because Bro, our cats were young too. They were 18, 19. They've been rich since they've been 18, 19 years old. So, you know, for them to be live this long and never have money problems because they at the same time, some of the OGs sat down and told them, hey man, it's bigger than just having money. You got to understand what to do with it. Because, hey man, Mike Tyson lost 400 million. So what's the, what's the little money we getting? Yeah. 
Exactly. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. That's all. And, you know, that's the reason why I feel like right now just to be able to come back and a month ago, me and James, we dropped this album and just getting the response back for, bro, we're like, we on the radio. We've been added in London. I ain't never been let, added on BBC radio. You okay. know what I mean? Like, we in we in Belgium. We we in Bermuda. You know what I mean? And I'm looking at it like this, bro. We doing all this shit by ourselves. Ain't no major with us. And that's what I need to teach. And that's what I want to teach to the youngest that if you learn the real business of this, you don't just have to always go and take people money. Hey, man, the main thing to me is always going to be like, hey, bro, I ain't never did a publishing deal. So guess what? They ain't never had enough money for me to sign what I write away because I'm a real artist. I wrote everything I ever said. So I don't know nothing about selling myself off for cheap. And I don't care about money like that. You know what I mean? Nigga had money, man. Came in the game on the fourth car, man. I was already doing this. Money ain't never really been my reason or reckoning how I do things. It's just always been about me caring about what what I represent. See, I had a mother and father together. My mother and father were together my whole life, man. See, a lot of stuff that a lot of these kids come from, I don't come from that. You know what I mean? But get what? Gilt was in Dixie Hill, man. Back there with Pobird, man. I always been, I've been, the, I've been the, the kid from a good family that always went and stood with the, with the hood or something. Me too. Cause yeah, I was yeah. like, <laughs> I, I felt comfortable in the, in the hood. I felt comfortable in DC Hill. I felt comfortable in the low guards. It was like, cause Cujo, Cujo was another beast as a kid. He was a West Side kid, so Cujo was all about the action at all times. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. being. When you when you get that 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 ghetto kid that, that that be off the chain and you hear partner, it's like man, we've been going to jail since shit ninth grade together. So for me, I just be looking at it like I've been the type where I've been in so many situations, but since I come from some, I always knew when to walk away. I walked away from a lot of situations that I think would have got other people 25 years, but that was just because I was smart enough to always listen to my father. You know what I mean? So that's the reason why I'm a lot different than a lot of people. And that's the reason why I say, man, I ain't never came into this industry to gain no father. That's why I don't, I don't look at no other rappers like that. Man. You know what I mean? Uh, I'd be, like, be like, man, I don't want to... I ain't rapping to get a daddy. I ain't rapping to get a daddy. I don't know what that be about, man. Like, I don't know. Like, cause what that mean? I don't... I don't you know, because... Like, like, what? Like, these folk be thinking that, that, that they got to get a dad in the game out here, man. Like, I just be like, bro, no, you don't. I don't know, sell their ass off. Soon as somebody come off him enough money, that's all he gonna do in the music game. Yeah. So you better you better understand that your alliance better be to yourself and never to nobody else. Because because right. because bro, you ain't gonna do nothing. A, a person will start a company, sign everybody, and then say to some Russians in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as you understand the game, you playing it cool. Yeah. You know, and that's the reason why 
me doing a record with James Worthy. Now, y'all got to really get into this man over here sitting over This man over here, this was Whitney Houston's. This was her assistant, man. This this man here, and I'm learning the other day. He on BBC News. He on the BBC. And the lady say, man, James Worthy on here and work with Katy Perry and Justin Bieber. I'm sitting on here like, huh? Right. Huh? Huh? 50 million records sold. I'm like, when you, you ain't told me that, Shawty. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're the super rider, the so, quiet super rider. Yeah, cuts. like, and so yeah. it, it, it's so dope to just come with a record like we did because it's just geared to women and it's just geared to relationships. And I just feel like right now, you know, the biggest thing that I think we missing in black music is just the part where we care about each other. Like, when I grew up, man, I mean, I remember when Atlanta, man, it wasn't enough for Atlanta nigga ride around town, bro, listen to goddamn Key Sweat, I'll be sure loud with the goddamn yeah, windows down yeah, straight yeah, out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, niggas would listen to R&B yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? And I'm just thinking like, now, man, these kids don't have nobody but Jacquees and goddamn Chris Brown for the last 20 years. Like, Chris Brown had the whole... R&B section down. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm looking at it like... Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just saying that because we just interviewed life and we had this all just... Oh, you did? Just take a side eye and the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's just... uh, Talking about love never gets old and I think in the black community right now and just in black music, man, we don't talk enough about just us Caring for each other Like it's all Tear down shit You know what I mean And it's cool You know I come from the NWA Luke Skywalker era But shit At least You had something else You had BBD You had New Edition You no had balance. some No balance So sure. as, as 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 us being grown people How long do we let These people that we work for Get this off Without us saying anything as a community, what because you think a nigga need to say though, like what? what? As as a community, I think all these black execs need to get together and say, "Hey, man, if you're gonna allow AI artists into the industry, then you cannot 360 people who breathe and live every day. <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it, bro. You can't. It got somebody got to stand up." <laughs> <laughs> like somebody got to stand up, man, and then we gonna make more money. We gonna make more Yo. money. But if you gonna let a, oh hey, you gotta understand. I've been watching Guru's page. I've been watching a lot of people page. A lot of discussion about this AI what stuff is, going on. Going, let me pull this. It's called AI. It's AI artists. I just watched some on Kanye West last night. Man did a whole song sounding like Kanye. Ain't nobody. Ain't Kanye nowhere in there. None but the computer. And I'm saying if we not going, at least as a community, fight some of this shit, guess what? We It's not going to be no artists no more. Right. And, and guess what? All they did was butter a few of us up. We took the millions, but we ushered in a whole new artist. And we killed ourselves. Need for the make some hard. She said they're going to mix all them folk. Look, AI. And they charting End of an artist's career. And and what they're doing, they're going over to other countries and doing it. Like, they're going to Japan, they're going to other places, and they're creating these artists. And once they get over here, they sold a couple of million records, and there's nothing you could do because the train already gone. They said they need Elsa's. About what? When I get big fat. Big fat, big fat.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox, 
you can't go around it. So you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. What that does too, just to break down the AI thing further is that eliminates the label's responsibility because it's like since it's an artificial intelligence, which is which is essentially not a real person. They ain't got to buy these niggas no cars. They ain't got to buy these niggas. So who no writing cars. the music though? Who, they ain't got to give who, tour support for. They writing their own music. No, they doing exactly uh-huh. what they would do for artists. They bringing their writers in and making them write songs. Yeah. Now, oh, somebody got to perform it though. Like no. somebody, uh, uh, that, the, the the image performed. The they image. typing in. I'm saying like like what I'm saying is like, do I need do I got to go record it like auto tune type shit or. No, nah, they're no, doing you. They're putting the voices together in the computer and computer. typing, typing the words like, and then it's saying the words. I like Siri. I like Siri. I like Siri. Talk to fucking Coach How do you get the melody? Because because they it's, got it's, a it's, making the beat. Yeah, they got. You know what I'm saying how you get the melody? How you get the rapper to rap like with a flow? Yeah. You ever heard? Nigga, you, you hear what Siri? You hear what Siri talk to you on your phone and her voice changes and shit? Siri. Exact same thing. Now, so so that means that when I say, "Yo, bro." All I'm saying, I don't mean to diss nobody, but at the end of the day, if an A&R person who could be a great marketing person for a label can go in the studio, buy up everybody on the goddamn billboard, put them on the record, buy up all the producers and the writers, and then call themselves an artist, that's just not, that's not an artist. That's a record label. So all I'm saying is they're bleeding everything into one thing. Mm-hmm. And then they're trying to make where it's no different. Uh, artists, it's no different from them than the person who just knows how to put a record together. And everybody an artist, well, AI artists is an artist also. But understand that this is a, this is a, a controlled I thing. I what y'all saying. Like, See, so you I can, understand. Okay, if you go That's just there, like how they put these motorized dogs in the grocery store to check out your groceries and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? But how the fuck is they being, like, rapping? Is somebody rapping it out? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like a computer. They'll go, they'll do a song. They have Kanye West voice. The motherfucker gonna rap the song just like Kanye West. I'm saying, so I'm just using, like, what I'm saying? Is it somebody gotta say it? Mm Mm-mm. Nah, nope. matter of fact, I explain it for you. Yeah, it's Siri. (laughs) Like, talk to Siri right now. Like, it's it's like your phone. It's it's basically, they got uh, technology to where, like, Let's just oh, say let's, let's just say you Kanye they got Kanye they, they got Kanye West vocals, right? They could use a, a portion of his vocals and use his voice reflections and put it into their system. So whatever you supposed to do on that on that record, they could use that voice reflection. They type the in the cadence, yeah. they type in everything how they want it. Damn. And then it the computer spits it back out in that cadence, in that mixture of voices, however you want to play it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they gonna have goddamn. They gonna have a big ass Coachella 
for no artist. <laughs> with the All the artists gonna be one nigga. Or the hot, or the hot. I'm saying like different holograms, yeah. like let the people come out and jump around to hop. But if you really think about it, it's but already kind of been what done. The metaverse is like, <laughs> yeah, they've been pushing the metaverse shit for like two, three years now. That's basically yeah. that whole agenda, like. But I can't tell you this screen, man. I ain't had a great time for 25 years. I ain't been all over the world. Rap has been great. Um, all my all my homeboys, they good. And I can't do nothing but live another 20, man, because I, I got a new TV show coming out on 10 with Man Robinson. What's the name of it? It's called On 10. Okay. It's coming out. Got Vivica Fox, a whole bunch of people in it, Clifton Powell, everybody, uh, doing a comedy a comedy TV show with uh, Tory Hart. Kevin Hart's ex ex wife doing one and uh what's LeVar Walker, the comedian. So Is that the guy from Reading Rainbow? Mm-hmm. Oh, that nigga funny, yeah. <laughs> oh. So it's like for me personally, I'm just gonna go to the TV and do more TV, mm-hmm. you know, and um uh, just expound about and being an artist and then like James just told me like we probably have to go to London for the BBC summer jam. So just to be able to get back out here on the road, man, and, and create and recreate a whole new situation for me after this long, I, I'm I'm totally ecstatic. I'm I'm having a great time. What happened? Mm-hmm. What happened in that conversation? Just for we like clarity on big fans. What what led the conversation for you to say that Tupac would have took Beyonce from Jay Jay Z? That was. I saw a clip, but I didn't see the whole. He said uh, if Tupac. Basically, was a lie. He would have took Beyonce from Jay Z. Is that again, again, man? Jay, no, no disrespect, cause no disrespect. Beyonce, love you, baby. You had my baby dancing with you out there in L. A. for the Oscars and shit. Uh-huh. So, the reason why I said that, cause I knew Tupac. Okay. Okay. Tupac was another animal, bro. Like Tupac was. A superstar before we knew what a superstar was in rap music. He had everything that it took and everything. If you think about it, he was the first sex symbol as far as rap in our generation. Thirdly, he the one set the whole blueprint on doing five, six, ten songs a night. He started that, you know. And then another thing is that, shit, bro, like uh, I don't know too many people that could sell six million Records from the grave. So it's like his impact was crazy. You know what I mean? And nah, my only thing was, because I already knew, if you knew Tupac back then, like he was the only dude that could get next to Madonna. What other rapper could get next to Madonna back then? Yeah. What other rapper could get next to Kadada, Quincy Jones' daughter? Janet Jackson. He, he, he was, bro, when that dude walked into a room, bro, it, it was something else. He was he he was just a phenomenon by himself, and he and then he had a skill that other rappers didn't have. He actually went to school for acting, right? So he he had a skill that was not just every yeah. In, it wasn't an everyday thing to have that kind of skill and to understand Hollywood at that time. During that time, Hollywood and the music business didn't even get to, they didn't even deal with each other so he was the one that really joined Hollywood and the music business together so uh, you you just got to look at the impact that, that that Pac had and at the end of the day like um, you ain't got to ask me ask Andre Rising man Pac was crazy man Pac pull up to your house and, and, and pick your girl up mm-hmm. with you there and then give a damn so I don't know I don't know too many people 
that had them kind of skills back then. You know what I mean? So that's the reason why I would say that anybody now, they've been able to watch so many other rappers do it. I mean, of course you know how to do it. Of course you perfect. Of course you got it all down packed. I'm talking about when didn't nobody know what the fuck was going on. Didn't know, didn't nobody control it. Didn't nobody understand what nobody was doing. Everybody was just doing what we had in front of us. And I just feel like Tupac, during those times, he was he was further than a lot of us in the game, just because of his experience of being from New York and the West Coast. He was just more diverse than a lot of the regular rappers at that time. Mm. That's well, all. That makes sense. That's clarity. Back. Yeah. You know. That's clarity. You know, you can see a clip and get some shit fucked up. Well, it's just a clip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they, they, they did be, uh, you know, give me, Someone, man. All right, what if a nigga say that about you? We're going to say that. Nigga think Tupac take your wife? Shit, she, if she want to go, shit, he but might say the wrong. do you think that? Do I think that? I don't know, man. I don't know, man. These girls do things they want to do. I don't know. Like, that that would have to be a personal question. Like, nah, you ain't get what I'm saying. <laughs> do I think that? You don't think that. What? So, if you, by I'll, you saying, I'll, another I'll, nigga, I'll, like, you know what I'm saying? By I, you saying. I said, I said that in that in that time. In, in that context. In that yeah. context, but I didn't mean it in that context. Yeah, I, I get was, what you're saying. I was just. Yeah, that's what you said. Exactly. I was just. You said talking shit. Yeah, I was just saying it. That's how. What what I did on dialogue, that's how we talk in the barbershop. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. I, they, they, yeah. They, asked, they, they said, "Gil, what you were you mad?" I said, "No, really. I just gave, I just <laughs> gave, I just gave you how southern niggas talk in yeah. the barbershop. Yeah, right? exactly. That's all. Exactly. That's all I'm trying to get you say right yeah, now. And, yeah. And then if, if if you understand that part, then you understand it. I wasn't really tripping on you. I was just saying that the man was that type of dude that exactly. if the bad girl in the room, he gonna try holler at the bad girl. And it wasn't no slight to you or to him at that time. You know, I was just saying that that's how he was. Like, if he seen Janet over there, he going to go over there. Hey, Janet, what's happening? You see it? <laughs> you like it? <laughs> you know what I mean? He was just, he had that kind of spirit. So, no, nah, I'm... I'm no, I get t- what you're saying, though, because, you know, niggas talk different from when we be from somewhere else. Like, in other cities and shit, I be hearing niggas talk, I be like, huh? Because it sound kind of, huh? Mm-hmm. But they ain't, that's just how them niggas talk. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? All them niggas can understand it, like... He be saying that just in comparison, like, shout out with that nigga. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But nigga look at it like, take, you know, this is a personal world now, like. Yeah, 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 I didn't mean that, bro. I didn't mean, <laughs> I, I ain't mean in that sense, big bro. Like, I ain't mean in that sense. <laughs> I was just saying, like, the man was just a cocky kind of dude. I mean, Puff used to be like that. Puff was a cocky dude back in the day, bro. Puff was cocky. Yeah. He was the only one that could match his cocky with Rico Wade. Yo, he could match that cocky all day with that West Side shit. So it's like, I understand the cocky shit, and certain people had it during them times when other people didn't carry it like that. You know what I mean? And I, I can't say that Puff was one of them cats. He was way advanced when it came to presenting himself and how he was going to do it with Bad Boy. He was advanced, you know what I mean? So, no, no disrespect to Jay. Because, I mean, like, Dame Dash, man, people don't talk about him, bro, but... How y'all just trying trying to write Dame Dash out the game? You think they trying to write Dame out? I mean, they don't get the, everything that everybody doing is the shit Dame was talking about. Mm. But everybody kind of did it without him. But at the same time, like, to the way Dame talked back then was just so ahead of his time, too. You know what I mean? Like, 
All the record labels didn't. The record labels didn't want nobody talking like that against them. So you know, just looking at what he did, looking at what P did, looking at what J Prince did, like them dudes really stood out there for a long time with not the back in the New York and not the back in the L.A. So that's all I'm saying is that people don't understand that New York always got the back in the New York. It's a whole nother room regarding New York. You know what I mean? And the South don't have that. The South just got everybody that I came up in the game look like me. You know what I mean? And that's because of where I'm from. But in L.A. and New York, it's another situation that goes on. It's, it's, it's other people that's involved with a lot of the success of those artists. And I'm saying that from Atlanta, these artists didn't have those advantages. You know what I mean? So, no, nah, I'm not tripping over it. I'm just saying that our value was only the music. We didn't have anything else to kind of like go to or try to flip our, our, our star to or our fame to. It was about us making sure that we was just the best every time we dropped the album. And that's just, you know, Outkast is the only group that ever dropped platinum album. Every album they dropped sold more and more and more. Whereas when I say that who bigger than Dungeon Family in the South, we the last crew that dropped an album in 2010 that sold Diamond. It's nobody from the, from the 90s that got a Diamond album. So we stand as a crew with a whole bunch of people from the 2000s. So just understand where I come from. What if y'all did a verse with the whole Dungeon family against Ain't them? nobody could beat her. I was just about to say that. Wu-Tang Clan. They can't beat her. They can't beat her because they ain't, they ain't got CeeLo Green, Nas Barkley with them. They could pull out them Nas Barkley albums. Mm-hmm. You ain't got that. You ain't got a 3,000. They could pull out Hey Y'all that stayed number one for eight weeks in London. You ain't got that. And produced the whole fucking album. You ain't got that. So when you talk about anybody, I'll just be like, who you talking about? And once Shouty starts singing, you ain't got nobody over there that can do nothing like that. So there it is again. And ain't nobody beating us live nowhere. Ain't nobody beating Outkast and Goodman live nowhere. Bad boy know that. Everybody know that, bro. We've been whooping ass, man, since we've been out. Understand that Goody Mob is the only crew from the South that won three, four years straight in vibe for live performances. Nobody touched us. So when you say, hey, man, get why you got a problem with these folk? Come in, these folk know when we were whooping their ass. They didn't want to give us no awards. You got these, these, you got these stick men out here talking about they great. Man, you motherfucker can't do shit. I'm sorry. But I'm gonna tell you what it is. What you, what you feel like? What you feel like they ain't doing though? What you feel like? Like what's the what's the what like what's the issue? What give like? I need got me fucked up. What, what make you feel like you need got me fucked up? Well, first of all, at the end of the day, you can never you can never ever write us out when I'm on every Outkast album ever came out. How you feel like they writing yet? See, we're gonna Okay, so how you feel like? First of all, you gotta look. I've been banned since my first record. I've been banned. I got banned my first record. 
So I'm always, I'm, I, I got blackballed first record, cell therapy. Why is in our culture, when you come with knowledge, motherfuckers turn their back on that. But they love all the street shit. But anything that makes us look smart in the mm-hmm. industry, they don't, they turn their back on. And do you think that them other motherfuckers that put the money into this shit, why they don't never stand beside nothing that make us look good, but stand behind everything that make us look fucked up? Mm. Damn. Tell me that, bro. Tell me why you just now seeing Public Enemy on the Grammys. Why does anything that represents us in the good light don't get no light? So when you look at an artist like me, I'm just a renegade, my nigga. I know that the trophies don't mean nothing. Because anything of value to my community is always shunned. So who is it, though? Like, it's who is it? Like, who is it? It's the... Is the congressional? Is it the people? Who is it? Like who? Who, who is they? <laughs> who, who is they? Who is they? Who is they? It might be your lawyer. It might be your lawyer. Just think about this: when the artist coming to the music business, they tell you who you signing to, who gonna handle your money, who gonna be your lawyer, and they all from the same community. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's nothing bad, but it's just the truth. You know what I mean? So with that being said, it's us being artists, executives, and everything else. I'm not upset because somebody running the game on us. I'm upset that we keep letting people run the game on us. That's hard right now. Yeah. That's you know what I mean? He ain't upset because they going with they move. You upset because we going for the we move. Ke- we keep letting them go for the yeah. move, bro. Yeah. If we going to keep letting them go for the move, then then we just, we we are the game and we are the prey of the game as long as the game is being played. Hmm. So when an exec want artists like myself or artists like James or any of us who've been in the game and been able to survive and they could tell these young kids something, First thing the Zix try to do is tell us, uh, OG, y'all too old, man. Them kids ain't, man, let me tell you something, bro. How a nigga that just started listening to hip-hop when he got to college tell me something? And who are you to tell me when I need to lead their business when, bro, you work, you work for somebody else? You don't own, you don't own that, the, 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 the company you work for, you don't own. So how you telling artists that it made an impact in something, it's time for them to go? No, that's because you would let them folk in, indoctrinate you with the game of rape. Rape, rape your own folk. And I'm going to give you bonuses and, and, and more money at the end of the year. Don't tell them nothing bad about this shit. Tell them everything good about it. So when you look at an artist like Kendrick Lamar, it's like we only got one Kendrick. We only got one J. Cole. I'm just saying, y'all, I'm just saying as far as us being a community where we don't got no Queen Latifahs no more. We ain't got one Queen Latifah. We ain't got one MC Light. We ain't got nothing to at least balance out the perception of what people think of us as a community. Right, that shit funny, but you right. You know what I mean? Like it's all one one way. It ain't no balance. It ain't no R&B. No, it ain't no R&B. It ain't no motherfucking like no uh, conscious rappers. Conscious, no none. It's just all one way. Mm -hmm. So that's all you. It's just like 
And then that so an artist on the come up gonna think that's the only way. It, it gives no other. It gives it gives no <laughs> other examples. It gives no other examples, and all I'm saying is we. But care, I think it, it is artists out here that's trying to do that though. What that shit just ain't working out. <laughs> Well you, well, you know what it is What it is and, 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 and the industry tells me this He said Gip You know what This is the bad thing About the industry All the trash rappers They got all the money And all the good artists They ain't got no money Like, like, And I'm just like It's kind of hard though Because you got to think about it Like most artists if they really love music, they ain't got no money, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they ain't got no money, man. You know what I mean? Like, the hustling, the hustling shit didn't come to late in this rap shit. Like, yeah. the, the hustling shit came late where niggas really like, well, I'm a hustler to do my thing. Yeah. But a real artist, man, man, he living on two bologna sandwiches and some fries, man, every day, man. Like, it's just that what it yeah. is. And I'm just like, you know, but one thing I can say this is that This art, man, has changed a lot of our lives in Atlanta. And I just look at it like if we don't at least start talking against the things that is disrespectful and wrong to us, then I think that all of us is going to lose it in a minute. Because sooner or later, they ain't going to do nothing but buy all us out. So if we don't at least start as OGs kind of trying to retrain some of the young to at least think a little bit like us. I think everybody's just thinking on money, you're going to lose it because money is really, it, it ain't nothing in this game because the reason why I say that because somebody can give you a couple of million dollar deals today and then come in tomorrow and then the president and the person that signs you get fired. Now you just a lost cause and you get shelled. Still got money though, man. He need to be fucked up though. Get I know, but see, but, like, but, let, up, but like let me. Hey, bank. They starting. They, they starting to take the money back now. How? They starting to take the money back. They start. They starting to take the money back now. How? So because with them putting the life insurances on you, with them giving you this kind of money, mm. they are putting provisions in these countries that if you don't give them. The certain the music at this time and that time, now they can start taking the money back. So now, now you can't take your 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 hand your, your name off that contract, but now they can take the finances back. So I, all I so you think they're knocking these niggas off to get their insurance policies and shit. Nah, I, I don't think that they knocking niggas off. I think that they already know niggas gonna put themselves in the situation where to shit that's gonna be already free money, mm -hmm. you know. So, uh, but I, I know bitches that do that though. They fuck with niggas and get their social security numbers and know they in the streets and shit and take insurance policies down there. When the nigga die, they get rich. And 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 that's that's yeah. something that's really that's really cold. that's cold. cold. But yeah. I, I'm saying it, it goes down because it's it's just. But see, I'm just looking at. What we going through as a community that this is the first step to change. The first step to change. We have, we have to first of all, first of all, deal with accountability. You know what I mean? L.A. Reid and Babyface man really came to this town and really put some culture on it. You know what I mean? And I'm just saying that once I was able to walk into a studio with L.A. or Babyface, it made me want to change and be bigger than the streets. 
So why do y'all think that after the first album, 3000, he ain't dressed like the streets no more because he wanted more. So all I'm saying is having the opportunity to do music at a bigger at a bigger place. All these kids just coming to this shit thinking this shit street, man. This shit's so much bigger than that. Like Jane tell me all the time, man, yeah, man, it's the world. It's London. It's Germany. It's Paris. It's all that kind of shit. But if you're not thinking about that kind of shit, man, this, this time and your moment is so fast now with social media. So all I'm saying is that if you don't have at least a bigger mindset of being bigger than the street, mm-hmm. then how can you be future? Yeah, you're right. Right. You saying you saying you know how far this shit can take a nigga if he take it serious. That's all. Like that's if, all if it was the shit you doing that's your dream, you shit can take you places you can never imagine. Now that's true that's real shit. That's right all. There, that's all I'm you saying. You do it the right way, this shit can take you yeah, you're right. But right but, about that. but 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 I got some home but they be like, man, where cool breeze at, man? Everybody can't handle this shit, bro. Everybody where cool can't he held but shit. This industry shit, like, everybody ain't equipped for it. You know yeah. what I mean? Everybody ain't equipped for this industry shit, like, yeah, mentally. You know, like, uh, I, you know, like, I could be for real. Like, even with me, like, I quit music for a long time, for a good little minute. Wow. Just because it got sad, my dude. Like, losing, yeah. losing my nigga Slim, uh, losing Pimp, yeah. losing Soldier Slim. Like, I was close to a lot of these folk that people listen to. So they were my partners. So losing them to music, man, like, it's just like, it made me just not even want to rap no more. You know what I mean? I ain't really pick up the uh, the microphone again until I went and started messing with Nelly them. I was on the run from the police. I had a born and shit. And I was like, man, I'm walking down the street on Sunset. And Ali pulled up, and I went and did that shit with Nelly, and I winded up doing five years with them, selling what? Sweatsuit sold eight million, grill sold nine million. I mean, I, I went somewhere everywhere and sold records, bro, but it's just like the lifestyle get tiresome, bro. Like, man, shit, you know, went through a divorce, lost houses and cars, had to start hey, over. Why you get a divorce? What happened? Shit, I was just too wild, shot. I was having goddamn too much. I was doing too much, man. I was, you know, get get with first of his kind, bro. I was me and Joy was the first hip hop couple, like bef- yeah, for before real. anybody. For real. So, for you know, doing uh, Joy, that was Dallas Austin's second hand. She was with Madonna here, where you know Joy was a whole nother beast then. You know what I mean? So, yeah. me being with her, being that I'm from Southwest Atlanta, E Point. It was just a total, it was like some Bobby and, and Whitney shit. From, it was rap, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it wasn't on what they were doing. It was just, our shit was just wild rock and roll shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just, you know. And then me, man, like shit. I got, I got, man, I got a lot of girls, man. I can't help it, man. You know what I mean? You got what? The women, bro. You got a problem. My hair long. Yeah, problem. <laughs> 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 How long, man? I'm taking all invitations, man. I'm writing prescriptions. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody get a shot, man. What the hell? Man, I'm from the gentleman club, man. I'm trying to gentleman. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I think it was just that dead again. That, that That's another thing I would tell a young artist, man. Like, 
you got a long time to live. Uh, don't think about marriage to you. <laughs> 30 or 35 years old, man. I'm telling I'm telling all I'm telling y'all like, I'm just, You had a long time to be I'm just fucked up. I'm not even gonna tell a nigga to stay on drugs and you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, I'm just the only reason why I'm saying that, cause see, I know you don't know yourself when you do that. Real shit. I know you don't, cause I was dealing with fame, having more money than I ever had, and still trying to be a father like my father was to me. My father worked at UPS and was a, a soldier, so he came home every night. I didn't. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, trying to trying to be young, trying to be famous, trying to understand the shit, not trying to be lame and shit. I mean, shit. All three of us supposed to get married. I'll tell y'all some shit. All three of us supposed to get married. All three of who? Me and Joy, Dallas and Chile. And 3,000 and Erica. Mm -hmm. We all were going to get married together. Boy, them two niggas bagged out in the last week. I had to go on and do a shout. I couldn't even bag out. Them two niggas bagged out. And then I was like, shit, wind up getting a divorce, man. Shit, man, I should have bagged out. Oh, my goodness. I'm just saying. I'm just being honest because I'm saying I, I was too young to try to be what you needed to be for a her. star. A, a, my child, Keep Sire came right out the hospital and went right on tour. So, so what, what, let me let me let me ask you this: What y'all think is the, like the qualifications of a nigga being a married man? Like, what's the qualification? I would say, at least knowing yourself. Mm. Most men don't know ourselves till we pass our thirties, and I. I'm going to tell you, because women change five times. Women change when they start 16, 21, 25, 28, and when they go into their 30s. When they get to their 40s, yeah, but they be a whole nother person too. Because then when they get to their 40s, they find out they still fine. They, everything still work. And shit, they still going to be able to find whatever they could find when they were younger. But men, we are... we have to understand what it is just to be a man, to be able to take care of ourselves. Most of us still, you know, for a long time, man, I still kept my mom over certain shit because I'd be like, I ain't about to be doing that shit. Like, like taxes and shit, a lot of shit that we don't know. I think that we should know that shit before we get involved with somebody else and try and be they, they, they other half. Because a lot of us don't even know what it is to be a man, really. When we get married before thirty, and a a a, a, a multimillionaire told me that, he said, "Hey man, I tell all my kids, don't don't even think about that till you get thirty five. Don't even think about that. Get your life straight. Get your the way you gonna live and the things that you gonna do for yourself. Get you you can't have a goal for somebody else when you ain't a reach reach yours. You can't do it." And being in the marriage at a young age, both of y'all trying to figure out what the fuck going on, both of y'all trying to figure out what works for both of y'all, but money is a big thing in marriage. <laughs> and you don't know that till you get married. Shit leave real fast when it's two of y'all. But when you add a child to it, it's and music, interviews, going out of town, the same person that loved you last week 
they can turn it to, they can, it can start becoming jealousy because that person's left with the child and you out there doing that. So you got to understand that it's a hard thing to, to try and balance fame and family because family really needs time for family. And money does not erase the time that's lost. That's all. Shit. Jim, some big gift, man. We appreciate you pulling up the big facts, James Worthy. Salute, man. For the streets, exactly. It's big facts. No cap, bitch. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then mm-hmm. a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry. The world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 